Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. And I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today is just us, which is a change. <laughs> it's a nice change. Uh, no, we shouldn't say just us. Just say today it's us. There. there <laughs> yeah. So today we wanted to talk about paddling since that's an integral part of backcountry camping, particularly. But even if you're front country, you could take your canoe with you and go for a paddle around the lake or wherever you are. And so I'm going to turn over to Tim. Yeah. So essentially, why I wanted to do this was I, I was reading an article in, I think it's Paddling Magazine, which is out of the States. So all the, the statistics are American. Finding Canadian stats that are anywhere near. 2022 are very difficult to do. The earliest, the, the most recent ones I could find was 2017. It doesn't really do what I'm looking to do. I wanted to see how the statistics have changed in the last couple of years, just because there's more people out there doing things that they normally don't do. So I was concerned about accidents, uh, fatalities in particular. It happens. So some of the American statistics, which 2020 is the closest I could get to uh, today, 2020 was a 26% jump in paddle sport fatalities over 2019. Three quarters of the fatalities uh, had under 100 hours of experience on the water and one third of them had less than 10 hours experience. So that scares the crap out of me. You obviously have to get out and do it in order to gain that experience. But there's a lot of ways you can be safe about that. And the first thing I would highly recommend if you're not in a scouting group or something is go take a lesson. To that point, Thomas and I have a wee bit of canoeing experience, and we're going this summer in August, I think, down to the harbor front here in Toronto, Lake Ontario, and we're taking a, a day-long tandem paddling course, largely inspired by Pamela buying me a thing for, for Christmas or my birthday, I think. Because I decided Tim was certifiable. <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> That's a different topic, <laughs> but that's a perfect segue into. So for me, it, yes, I paddle okay. There's numerous types of strokes you can use. The J stroke, which is used by a lot of solo canoeists or because it, you can steer better with it. You're not paddling in circles. I'm adequate. I'm not really good at it. I would like to get better. So that's kind of my reasoning to go. It's going to lead me certifiable. It's going to lead me towards hopefully next year, I can go and start my certification to be an instructor for, for paddling, which is like, woo, cool. So there's a goal for you. I just want to talk about safety, about paddling safely. And, and the very, very first thing is put on your bloody life jacket. Wear a PFD personal flotation device. The single largest factor in boating fatalities, and it's not just paddle boards, or, sorry, it's not just paddle sports. We're talking motor boats, anything that's out on the water. The single largest is a lack of flotation device. Like it's, it's something crazy, like 86% of the fatalities were due to at least one of the factors being that the, whoever it was didn't have a flotation device on. So and just having it in the boat with you doesn't really count. Well, it's so well, overturned and it's floating around away down the river beside you. That's not. And you're help. floating in the other direction or face down in the other direction. That's not a good thing. Uh, I, I realize that boating regulations, et cetera, et cetera, in a lot of places, it does just have to be in the boat with you. It's not enough. I'm fairly anal retentive about things. We literally don't ever not wear our PFDs. I don't care if it's just a quick little 26 
meter paddle from here to the next portage because it's a little pond jump. I don't care. We both have fairly ridiculously expensive ones now. We spent years in, hmm, what's the right term, less comfortable ones that didn't have as big arm holes. So you did a little chafing and that sort of deal. It wasn't a big deal. Now it was worth the money just because, because I am getting old and stuff. I don't want to be arm chafed. So we bought good ones. It's nothing to wear them and to be floating instead of otherwise, because you will dump at some point. That's how that's going to go, especially during your learning phase. Anyhow, not to harp, but just saying, wear your bloody life jacket. Other thoughts, dress appropriately. Be prepared. You're going to get wet, even if it's being splashed when you're switching sides with your paddle or somebody's learning to paddle and they hit the water a little too hard and they're in front of you you'll get wet. So wear appropriate clothing for that. Clothing that you don't care about. And if you do go over, you want clothing that's going to wick water quickly. You want to dry out quickly once you get back into whatever your craft is. Canoe for me, but you know what I'm saying. Carry a safety kit. It's also, well, here in Ontario, certainly, I think federally, it's required. It has to have a bailer so you can get the water that gets in your boat out. It needs a flashlight. It needs a floatable toss line so that somebody on shore can grab a line. And if it sinks, it's fairly useless. Just say, check the conditions. Look at a weather report. And by all means, check the weather network. You want to know what's coming up, what you're going to run into. But Environment Canada's got a much better, again, Canadian stuff, has a much better, more in-depth website for forecasts. It, it will give you things like wave height, wind direction, wind speed. Very important things when you're canoeing, especially the larger the body of water, the more you are affected by, by those elements. You can actually lose, you can paddle your brains out and be going backwards if the wind's coming from the wrong direction or, or is simply too high. Carry an extra paddle with you because it could happen on a portage. You could be leaning on it. You could, Thomas and I have bonked rocks that we didn't see that were literally just below the surface. You paddle hard enough and you can snap or you could crack or whatever. You could mess up one of your paddles. It suddenly made a tandem paddling job, a solo paddling job, and somebody sitting in the, you know, whatever going, do, 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 I don't have to do anything. Yeah, no, get out and kick. Carry an extra paddle. It weighs nothing and you'll be really thankful that you do it. So research your route first. Make sure it suits your abilities, whether that's look at it on a map, read up about it on Facebook. I'm happy to tell you the 8,000 camping groups that I am member in. They're a wealth of information. Somebody else has paddled that route before. And especially if you're newer to the game, they will have insights that you won't even think of. It happens to me all the time. We're doing the French River this year and I have the maps and all, all the stuff. But in doing the research, I'm thinking, you know, it's a river. Yeah, it's a downhill sort of thing. Didn't really occur to me about rapids and stuff. So get, get looking at it. It's like, oh, we are doing some portages because I am not going through there. And then you start reading anecdotes about somebody who said, you know, you, you can run that one. It's not really that big a deal depending on how high the water is. So go scout it out. There's a great idea. Otherwise, there is a portage. So people have done the stuff that you're going to go do. Listen, they know more than you probably, if nothing else, because they've been there. Or you're paddling somewhere like when we're doing the harborfront thing on Lake Ontario. If it's a weather day, it's going to be a bit of a deal because it's a huge body of water. So to get big crashing waves, not unusual, whether it's in the summer or whatever. So just heads up on that. And on that note of your route, make sure that somebody else knows your route so that if you're not back at a reasonable time or anticipated time, if they have to send in a search group, they know where to start. They know where to look for you. They're going to know the points that might have proven difficult, etc. I'd say carry a canoe repair kit. So here's my sort of half a dozen must-haves in your repair kit. First one, guess what? Duct tape. <laughs> but <laughs> don't buy party. not the crappy stuff. Don't don't get the stuff in the dollar store. Get get heavy like uh, 13 mil, like the heavy 
heavy stuff. It sticks well and it won't tear easily. And as a side note, if you're doing a repair with duct tape, A, do it in and out, but heat that spot first. It'll help the glue stick so much better. Just saying. Carry a multi-tool, whether you've got zip ties because you broke a piece on your seat and you've got to snap it back up in place, it'll help you tighten that zip tie well. Or if you've got some steel wire or aluminum wires, easier, more flexible, but whatever. Again, to fix it, whether it's a thwart, you've got a gunnel, whatever. That multi-tool is going to come in really handy. Plus, you're going to need it for other things. So always have a multi-tool with you. And I just said that the nylon zip ties or and or a roll of wire, decent gauge, uh, heavier gauge, flexible, bendable, some vinyl patches. I don't care whether it's one of your kids' old ducky ring from the lake. As long as it's a heavy, heavy-ish patch, just, just cut a swath of it. And with your multi-tool, you can cut it into smaller pieces if you need to. Some goop, because it's waterproof and that stuff sticks. You'll never get it off your boat, but you really don't care. Hey, you can bail like crazy if you ever run into a stone or a what have you, like a sharp, especially a sharp one. It's going to cut a hole in your in your uh, craft. And then me personally, I, I, we carry tuck tape, but, but I've heard good things about carrying aluminum tape too, like the real duct tape the sticky factor on those is insane you don't have to heat it to make it stick again with tuck tape in particular it will take a lot of effort to get it off later but if it needs to not sink for now that it's a good thing so you've got options up the wazoo and then i think probably last but not least i can't speak for everywhere i know that here in ontario and it's a fairly recent thing because like last year i believe is the first time i heard about somebody getting dinged for it they now treat alcohol in a canoe whether it's in you or it's in your boat and open the same as if you were power boating whatever it's part and parcel and if you are under the influence or you have open alcohol and you get caught they they charge you the same 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 fines demerit points the whole nine yards so don't do it aside from which honestly you're out for a nice canoe you know i'm i'm all for for having a beer you're out for a nice canoe you're going out to do some some fishing or whatever you kind of want to have your stuff together have your wits about you yeah things can come up pretty quickly if you're not paying attention a lot of this is from having researched like the French river trip that we're doing, it empties into Georgian Bay and things change when you're on the river to when you get close or out into the bay. It's a massive change in everything. <laughs> Wave size is huge. Wind changes, like the number of people that come out of the mouth of the river and then capsize because they weren't prepared for it is huge. So if you've had a beer and you're not paying attention, you didn't catch that the wind was picking up a little bit and you come around that corner, poof, you're in the water. That's crappy. You know, hopefully it plays out fine, but wet and soggy instead of getting to the nice setting up your next campsite. Just saying. And that's it for me. That's it for us for today. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate our listeners. Speaking of which, Tim was wondering, like, why do so many people listen to us? And I said, well, maybe it's that they like to begin their day with a friendly voice, a companion, unobtrusive. <laughs> that's a rush reference for those of you who are not familiar. But that's it for us for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please do reach out for us. We are on all the social media and our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com please do feel free to reach out to us. Bye. Bye.